So want everybody to know if you haven't heard it already, you aren't familiar with it. Standing room only starts next Wednesday. This is your complete guide to partner events, how to fill them, how to wow the attendees and how to convert that attendance in your class or your event into relationships that generate business. Bill Murphy has been doing events for over 15 years. Robin Hayes is an inside sales leader, and she's been putting butts in seats for a very long time. And they're going to teach you step by step how to make that happen if events are something that you want to integrate into your business or get better at. Um, Back by popular demand with Miss Amy Slotnick, and I know she'll talk about it a little bit more today, but loan officers, production partners, LOAs, 1003 Pro, your complete guide to the perfect 1003 and getting more business as a result. This is launching August 8th. It always fills up fast. So if you want in, we'll drop the link there. And then if you're searching to connect with other like-minded people in this season, you know you need that accountability to achieve the goals that you're looking to achieve. You want to level up. We've got a variety of different groups that are kicking off in August, including top producer groups, seven-minute life groups, leadership groups, which I know Tim Moore is leading one of. Uh, we just want to connect with you and talk about what those options are for you. And we'll drop a link for scheduling with me to chat about that. No pressure, just, hey, what's going on in your world? And maybe we can find the right lane for you to be in today. So thank you, Carrie. Yeah, appreciate it. Really good stuff there. Reminder, uh, everyone, you can always if you just don't if you just want to see what's going on, go to fairwayignite.com. Can't tell you how many people I've had recently just be like, oh, I didn't even know this existed. So many resources on there. Fairwayignite.com for everything you need, uh, whether you're in Ignite or not in Ignite, you, you can get some stuff on there. So uh, also quickly, uh, I want to give some shout outs. And this is not everybody that gets on these calls all the time, but I see a lot of similar faces. I just want to quickly, you know, Holly, you're on this call every week. Brian, you're on this call. Uh, Beth, you're on this call every week. Like, we just appreciate you guys. Brian can too down there. We, you know, here at Ignite, we just appreciate you and your support. By no means is that everybody. I know there's a bunch of you guys, uh, Wheezy's on there too, uh, all the time, Dan Richards. So just wanted to give you guys a shout out and say thank you. Um, I did talk to Jake. Unfortunately, he is at a fairway day. So he's maybe going to jump on a little bit later, um, but he will not be on this call right now. So um, with that being said, for those that jumped on late, I'm actually not hosting. I'm a guest. I'm flipping (laughs) chairs. So uh, Carrie is going to be our host, amazing uh, host, and and take it away, Carrie. Yeah, we are turning the tables today, and we get to interview Austin Lahr. We have three awesome guests today. So the primary focus of today is I don't know if you all remember, but we did a reignited event a few weeks back and we cut these three out because there wasn't enough time to get to this leadership crew. We're going to talk about recruiting. We're going to talk about retention. We're going to talk about training. And these three are all superstars in their own areas, in their own, and have been in the business for a very, very long time. I am going to kick it off with our our own Austin Lar. And as we always do, want you to go through a little bit of your numbers, but Austin, here's the thing. You guys, I got a bunch of emails yesterday saying, Carrie, what, what? What are those numbers? And of course, those were SVP numbers. And that's what we're talking about today is leadership, right? So Austin, tell us a little bit about 
your your branch numbers and how that yeah. branch is set up. Yeah, that's uh, that is so so important. I got a lot of emails too on those numbers, uh, guys. There are so many people that went into our thirty three hundred units last year. Uh, we got about one hundred and fifty employees. Um, I've got twenty. Uh, 21 offices in Indiana uh, and one in Kentucky or 22 in Indiana and one in Kentucky. Uh, there's so 150 total employees or 145 total employees. And about a hundred of those are some somewhere on the sales side, whether they're an LOA, a full-time LO, that kind of thing. So uh, we also have some junior LOs that go into that hundred, but uh, roughly I would say producing LO 65 uh, ish uh, came up with that, with that 3,300 units for last year. Thank you, because that was that was one of the things that definitely folks wanted clarified. One of the super cool things about your area and those people that you mentioned, the office that you mentioned is, um, and I know that you don't do this alone. You have a team of leaders that are leading that group with you, and I know you always give credit to them, so shout out to them all, but um one of the things is retention that you guys have have really done well. And there are a number of things around your system for that. So talk to the team a little bit about what you guys do and how you make sure that you're showing the love to your people. Yeah, um, I, I want to back up just slightly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I started here in 2010 uh, and, you know, there was maybe 10 of us total or nine of us. Right. Um, so everybody out there that's like, oh, I can never get to 150. You can, uh, if that's your goal, you know, the greatest thing about fairway is, is everyone gets to make their own path and, and be the independent part of fairway. Um, but you know, it was, it was me and, and my, my two business partners now, Eric and, uh, McMillan and Barry Lux, who shout out to both of them are amazing people. Jeff Arthur, who's in charge of our sales team now, uh, he was an LO back then. So, you know, we were nine or 10 strong, I think, and, and have gotten to that, to that 150. Uh, we play very, what, you know, I, I learned long, long time ago that, Find people that, you know, I, I like doing this as a, by the way, I like I like being part of a partnership more than being an individual. It's a lot more fun. Um, it's a lot more fun going on that journey with somebody else. And then you go find people that just have different things than you do, right? Like, I'll, I'll be honest, like Eric Berry and I probably don't, we don't hang out a lot after work or whatever. And it's not because we don't like each other. We do. It's just, we don't have those similar things in common, right? And when it comes to business, we don't, we have different lengths. I like the growth piece. I don't necessarily want to dive into every PNL number. I mean, I can, but I'm not as good at it as Eric is, right? Um, and and a lot of the detail pieces Barry goes into, right? So so we we figured that out a long, long time ago that, that we went and found lanes. And I don't want to leave Jeff Arthur out. Man, he, we couldn't do anything uh, that we do without him and, and our ops staff. We have some uh, amazing ops managers too, but... Uh, so that's, that's kind of how, you know, we got here. We, you know, eventually went from 10 to 20 to 30 to a hundred. Right. Um, I think in 2021, we were at 200, uh, employees. So, uh, like a lot of other people, we had to make some tough decisions last year and, and get back to right sizing. But, uh, uh, we did that. Um, you, you asked me to come on you asked me to talk about, uh, recruiting and retention. And I wanted to flip the script. I wanted to do retention then recruiting. Cause I think, uh, retention is so, so much more important than recruiting is. Um, there are so many better recruiters out there in, in Fairway than, than myself, but I 
you know, I would put us up against anybody in retention. We have our seasoned LOs have been here for eight, 10 years. Um, uh, we've probably lost two LOs that did over $10 million in the last 10 years, right? That we didn't ask to leave. Um, you know, people ask all the time, like, how, why? We are so picky about who we hire. And I'm going to say that again. We are so, so picky about who we hire. I know that this, this industry, you know, you got to numbers, 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 right? Um, uh, you know, I am very, very fortunate. I see a lot of, I, I see a lot of other uh, issues that happen around the country. This person said this or took this one's realtor or whatever. I, ne I almost never deal with that because we hired really good people first. Um, we have an inside uh, business development gal, Don, uh, shout out to Don, uh, does a great job, sends lots of names. We prop maybe, uh, so I talked to almost everyone. Uh, I maybe set up a follow-up appointment with four out of 10, and we maybe hire one of those four. So one out of 10 original numbers, maybe two out of 10, do we, do we eventually hire? And it has to be the right person. It has to be the right fit. If that person's all about flashiness, they're not going to be for us. We're humble. We're in Indiana. Like it's the Midwest, right? If you're all about your boat and your car, you're probably not for us. Um, if you're about AWI and Fairway Cares, man, that's your that's a huge step in the right direction, right? Um, so I selfishly don't deal with a ton of management type things, not because they don't happen, but those LOs are calling each other, right? Hey, I had this buyer first or, you know, what do you want to do here? And they end up working it out between each other. That happens all the time that I only find out because they're like, hey, could you assign XXX loan officer referral? I was like, oh, that's cool. How did that happen? Oh, well, uh, I didn't know it was their realtor. I ended up getting the buyer, blah, blah, blah. So we're just going to work it out that way. Oh, okay. Very cool. Right. So uh, that's that's my number one um, is, is be very picky on who you hire. Hire the right people. Not always the easiest thing uh, to figure that out. Right. Uh, you got to be got to be willing to to fire too if you made the wrong decision but but hire right first so so austin love that and humility is basically what you just summarized right and the ability to work together as teammates what else do you look for and where are you finding them yeah that's that's really good um uh we do we do a ton of like how we find these people we're going to events right um I, you know Yes, Don, uh, our recruiter, uh, business development, uh, her job is to get, you know, you know, as many numbers in front of us, right? Because we don't even know half these people exist. But um, we're doing it through events. It's not a lot of cold calls. Don't get me wrong. There's some, right? But it's through events, 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 events. Everybody in here, you can go find the really good people in your communities, um, especially if you want to grow outside your community, go join ours is my board, um, you know, or or different types of um, mortgage bankers associations or whatever it is. Uh, you can find them. Go to golf uh, 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 events, right? Uh, tournaments. Go go to whatever. There are there's probably one a day in the summer. Honestly, around here, it, it gets overwhelming. Um, I can't I can't actually attend them all. That's why we have a team to do so. Uh, the other the other version of that, the other thing besides events, is be very nice to your title reps, your MI reps your other people that are in the industry, honestly, they have a tough job, right? They're in sales. They get the door slammed in front of them. I, I will tell you, I am so nice to every, if they invite me to coffee, I am going to coffee. If they invite me to lunch, I am going to lunch. Uh, I can tell you that they know all the good people and all the bad people, right? In the industry. Um, so that's, that's probably number two. Number three is, and we did, 
kind of put a slowdown to this because of the market turned down. But in a normal year um, or in a high producing year, we're bringing on new people, right? We're bringing on new people to the industry. Um, we're putting them, assigning them, or they're they're already came in because of a team lead, but we're assigning them to really good teams uh, and letting them grow for 18 months or 24 months until they really get their feet up underneath them and they can actually start producing. I would say, uh, and I don't have the act, actual number percentage, but just off the time ahead, about 60 to 70% of our loan officers started outside the industry. We just knew they were good at sales. We knew they were good people and actually reverse that. We knew they were good people and then we knew they were good at sales. I will probably never forget you talking about finding loan officers that were service industry folks back, I don't know, probably six or seven years ago that you were like, I just go find the best servers. Yeah. Right? Think about uh, it, right? Like if you go to a restaurant and you had somebody that's very attentive, right, is very personable, uh, it, you know, I, I, out of college, I was in the restaurant, in college and, and slightly out of college, I was in the service industry, right? And it has so many parallels. Same thing with hotels too, right? You're already good at customer service. Uh, you already, the more shifts you picked up, the more money you made, you were basically on commission as a server, right? Um, and, and really you just got to teach them how to go out and get that business because they're not used to that piece. Other than that, there are so many, so many parallels. They're, they're used to working odd hours as well, right? We all work odd hours in this industry. Uh, and, and they have that down. They're not, they're not taking Saturdays and Sundays off. So, uh, love, love, love the service industry, uh, piece and bringing them in. Austin, is there anything different? I mean, so we've been talking about your, the bigger Indiana group, but you also have the Austin Lar team that is your personal production team. Is there anything different about your personal production team that you'd like to share with those that are listening versus the overall Indiana group, or is it all the same? It's a, it's just a mini version of the bigger group. I mean, it is, right? Um, it's just really good people that almost every, in fact, every single one of them came from outside the industry. Uh, I don't think any of them had uh, any experience. And, uh, uh, you know, if you're out there building a team, what I would try, what I would tell you first is, is understand that you financially are going to take a step back. Everyone gets really scared about that, especially in this market. You are going to take a step back. It's okay because you're going to end up taking two or three steps forward once those people get rolling. But just understand that going into it. And if you hire the right people, it will all work out. I promise you it will all work out. So, um, no, I love my team. Shout out to the Austin Lar team. I think uh, up until last year, they had done the most units in Indiana for 10 years in a row. Uh, we only got edged out by Austin Smith's team this year. So shout out to Austin Smith. Um, uh, Fairway, Indiana had four of the top five LOs in the country or in the state last year, which is really, really cool. So yeah, fantastic. Kudos to everybody. Austin, I know you do a couple things from a retention perspective that you guys feel are really, really important that you do to keep the team together. Do you want to just hit quickly on a couple of those things that you make sure you consistently do as a team? Yeah, absolutely. Face-to-face -face is huge. You got to get face-to-face -face, uh, with as many of your employees as you can, as often as you can. I know that is hard. Uh, we are pretty spread out. So if you if I went from the more northern office to the most southern office, it's about six hour difference. Um, I'm trying to get to every office at least once a quarter. Usually some overnights are, are fun too on those, take them to dinner, maybe play some golf, depending on who, who it is, but uh, getting as much face-to-face -face as you can. Um, we do have an official check-in meeting twice a year. 
right? Um, so twice a year, August and uh, in February, which um, I have about uh, 30 of these next August or this coming August. So I'll be hard to get a hold of, but um, uh, it's, it's for them, right? So it's for them to tell us what's going on in the world. What's happening? Do we, do you need help? Do you have ideas? What are you hearing on the streets? Right? Um, I honestly like, yes, it is very time consuming to do all those, but it is probably the most important thing we do. Um, we also have numbers for them. So they know where they're at in concessions. They know where they're at in pricing. They know where they're at uh, volume compared to last year, you know, all these different things. And, and we can we can address, and there's always four or five takeaways after every one of those calls. So make sure you check in on um, in in an official basis, but also getting some fun face-to-face. -face. Like, by the way, like when I go play golf with them, we're not talking about work unless they want to bring it up, right? Or maybe every once in a while, I'll tell them about a program or whatever, but it's mostly about their family because I care. I honestly care about their kids and what they're doing and their dogs and, and everything else. So face-to-face um, -face is a big one. Um, we do a, uh, a monthly uh, or quarterly kind of happy hour for those that want to attend. Now, unfortunately, we just do them in Indy. So Indy is kind of the center of the state. Uh, so some of those ones, some of the offices that are kind of far away can't always come. Uh, but that's a big one for us is the, is the quarterly. We do local awards. Um, it's great that, that uh, the um, corporate uh, does their awards, but we want to locally uh, still still recognize our people. Um, we do we do our own scoreboards too. We have app scoreboards. We have uh, closing scoreboards. Um, those are coming out weekly. Those are coming out monthly, right? Um, and and we're making sure that that we're honoring those people. Um, and then as a general rule of thumb, if there is a conflict, if there's a whatever, if you're on here and you're a team lead, if you're a manager. I always err on the side of the employee every single time. It it could cost me a lot of money, but I'm going to err on the side of the employee. Probably, I shouldn't say every time, 9.5 times out of 10. There is a very rare circumstance, but it it always, always, if if you're going to err on the side of employees, they they see that. If you if you hire good people, right, um, the ones that are very appreciative, you, it's actually funny. You will see very quickly if you hire the wrong person, that person that, that isn't appreciative usually doesn't work out. Uh -huh. So, so true. And I personally have the the honor and privilege of coaching a number of your people. And the stuff that Austin is talking about is stuff that they talk to me about. And I know that it shows up in our coaching, right? It shows up that there's great leadership going on when those things are happening and they're saying, hey, I'm going to the happy hour and they're excited about going or what have you, because there is definitely a cohesiveness and 100% that relates right back to retention and also recruiting. I mean, really, if you're retaining great people, like you said, then you're also attracting other great people because they want what they have, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Carrie, you're about to become an honorary uh, Fairway Indiana employee because yeah. of so many of my people. Uh, <laughs> but you're right. I mean, you know, that you're, if you are, if you are focused on recruiting, if you're focused on growing, uh, your current employees are probably your best referral source um, because they hang out. If you, if you hire the right people, like we said, that's our number one and number two and probably number three thing we do. Uh, <laughs> but if you hire the right people, they're hanging out with good people as well. They already know, right? They already know uh, who's going to fit, who's not going to fit uh, type of situation. So uh, yeah, you're in, and then make sure you reward them by the way, too. 
there's usually some type of mentorship that we offer them if they want to, you know, help this person get onboarded for 12 months, they're going to receive, you know, X amount of bibs, or if they want to bring them on their team, you know, we'll help and, you know, incentivize them. Or if they don't want any of that and they just want a bonus, we're cool with that too, right? But make sure that you're incentivizing them uh, if they are bringing you good people that you end up hiring. And, and by the way, the people that get referred to us, um, you know, if there's 10 people that get referred, I bet six to seven of those get hired as opposed to one to two of just the random, you know, outside people. 100%. Austin, before we toss it over to coach Tim Moore, do you have anything else that's important? I know Pistol is like voraciously taking notes over there because you are saying so many great takeaways, but uh, anything else that's important that you leave the team with before we toss it over to Tim? You know, the the only other thing is, well, number one, I'm like I said, I'm I'm really excited to learn from Amy and Tim for sure. Uh, if you guys, if you see them at any events, go pick their brains. I, I've done that myself several times and uh, uh, always come out of there with so much good stuff. But the last thing I leave everybody with is know your numbers. So, um, you know, there's a lot of loan officers out there. There are tons. Make sure you're investing in some type of MMI or um, like... I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. There's, I, I don't know enough about model match, but there's, there's some of that too, but uh, make sure or even corporate can give you numbers. Make sure you're looking them up first uh, and you're not, you're not going after the onesie twosies of the world. Uh, it, you know, you'll, you'll be better off. Thank you, Austin. Grateful, grateful for you sharing this morning. Coach Tim, how are you this morning, sir? Doing fantastic. So everyone's asking about my background. Yeah. Just a sign of what's coming. The whole country's 173 <laughs> degrees this morning, right? Winter, winter is right around the corner. And it, it, it's kind of the point, Carrie, of where I want to go, right? We, we've okay. got to be focused on what's coming, right? We, we got to shift the energy a little bit. And I'm, I'm going to do my best this morning to bring you a little Charlotte Ellis. So oh. can you see my big smile? Hey, I I see. I'm going to just start calling you Tim Moore Sunshine. There know. we go. Right. I, I, I can't <laughs> smile when I talk. Um, I am smiling, even though you can't see it. So we had, Carrie, we had a call yesterday and you represented Tyler Osby on the call. And honestly, the second we hung up from that phone call, I changed 100% about what I want to talk about today. Oh, awesome. And it was all the ongoing conversations of the day. So we had a Rocky Mountain region call. Um, and, and it represents the, the branches in Nevada, South Dakota, Colorado, Utah, um, and some other offsprings, um, Arkansas. And not all of the branches on that call are in my region, but those branches don't have representation. So we just kind of became a family and threw it all together. And I had Sharla uh, very intentionally interview Roy Burr and you being Tyler Osby because those people have rolled out some scripts that you could put in place yesterday. In fact, the feedback after the call was I used those scripts and it helped me get a deal. Mm -hmm. And what that did for me was it took me back to a place um, from a Todd Duncan talk years and years and years ago. And I want to tell that story real quick. So when Todd was writing the book, Time Traps, he was in an airport traveling and he was in one of the little lounge places and he saw Joe Montana, the old 49ers quarterback. Um, and so he went up to Joe, introduced himself, and he said, they started talking about his book. And he, and he looks at Joe and he says, Joe, I'm curious, for, a, for each week to prepare for your football game, how much practice do you put into preparing for that game? 
And Montana says, well, do you mean beyond the 40 hours that we do as a team? And he says, I've got at least 40 more hours of personal preparation because as the leader, as the quarterback, I've got to know every position on our offense that every guy is moving the right direction and executing on the play. I also have to know every defensive sit, set that the defense could set up in to make sure our play is going to be effective. So I got to know if I got to change the play at the line of scrimmage. I got to make adaptations. He goes, so I easily have 80 hours of prep. So Todd Duncan says, you mean to tell me that you practice 80 hours for a one-hour football game? And Joe's like, well, that's not really correct. He says, because the offense is only on the field half the time. <laughs> so the practice-to-play ratio is 160 to 1. Okay? What blew me away from the call that Charlotte led yesterday with you guys was her preparation, mm -hmm. Tyler's preparation, Austin, right before this, his preparation, the, the retention is on purpose. It's a system, right? And I got to go fast here because we got to let Sparky talk about her systems, right? She teaches how to take the perfect 1003. Well, that's mm -hmm. not, there's two, two goals, I would imagine, to that. One is submitting a 1003 that your processing team and the underwriters can work with very efficiently. But the second part of it is, I promise you, that 1003 process that she goes through bonds her to her clients like nobody's business. Yeah. So what is missing today? We've got so many loan officers across, uh, across the network that are struggling mightily. Mm -hmm. And my challenge is, what have you done? Right. I don't want to talk about my numbers. The numbers are a byproduct of systems and effort put in. The numbers are secondary, team, right? And so... Yesterday, we had 455 invites to that phone call. At our peak, we had 110 people, okay? Yep. There's 180 people on this call right now. How many were invited? Close to 7,000. All of Fairway. <laughs> I need some help understanding that. While we're struggling, Jake is putting such an emphasis on focusing on the how this year. The how is there. Mm -hmm. if people will put in the work. And so 450 plus people invited, 110 on the call. Of that, 30 people were either our corporate partners or some liaisons from around the country or some other folks that do like, you know, what I do. And we share ideas for these calls with each other. So 90 people from a seven or eight state area jump on the call with scripts that you could help get a deal that day. 100%. So my challenge is what are we doing to prepare for game time? We, we have to put in the practice. And so multiple phone calls yesterday were like, okay, call was good. Thank you. And I'm like, who are you role-playing with? Who are you practicing your scripts with? Because if you want different results, you've got to be doing something different. It's just the math. It mm -hmm. really is that simple. So you got to be, you got to check your scripts and see if they're on target, right? Have a buddy, have a branch. I've challenged branch managers for years to do this in your sales meeting without notice, just go into role play time, right? So I look at you and say, Hey, Carrie, you're the realtor. I'm calling to get an appointment. Are you ready here? Boom, go. Yep. Right. And vice versa. And then you've got the whole branch there to give you pointers and advice. 
right? What a fantastic, to steal pistols word, that's a fantastic exercise, right? Because if you've got to deliver it. So, you know, we talked about it. If you put Sharla and Tyler and Roy and Hickman and, and a few other monsters around the country that have great production, you could role play with them. They don't need a half a second to know what they're going to say to any objection. And I'm not sure we're that prepared at the branch level across the country. And so what I'll, I'll wrap it up with this is the challenge is to role play and look at what you're saying in any situation and get coaching on it, get accountability on it. OK, we have to make the decision today. We needed to make it eight, nine months ago, but we've got to make the decision today. Do we work at Walmart or Nordstrom's? Right. You can get a pair of shoes at both. But the experience is different. You don't need experience at Walmart. You don't need to be a professional. You can just sell the shoes at the, at the most discounted price. Mm -hmm. But if you want to work at Nordstrom's, which is where we're at, you better be on target with it. And know your value propositions. Know what you stand for. Know why you are the best person to handle that loan for them, for the borrower. You got to know it. We got to go to practice. So leaders from listening to you say that can lead the way by doing exactly what you're suggestion, suggesting in terms of hosting their own meetings and doing that, right? But also, friends, all of Fairway Nation invited to, for example, the face-to-face -face challenge that Kathy Fitzpatrick is hosting this month that has, Kathy, how many people attending it right now? I think we're at about 90 people and really engaged. Okay. So okay. people that are reporting on what they're doing, how they're getting out there face-to-face, -face, communicating, sharing ideas with one another. And guess what? To Tim's point, next month's challenge is going to be a an hour of power. That's exactly what Tim just described. Uh, started doing that last month with some coaching clients and Josh Ellis was like, hey, why not, why not do that as the fairway all challenge? You've you gotta participate to win, right? That's what I'm hearing you say, Tim, is like you gotta get in the game. You got to, you gotta participate. You gotta show up and do the work. The best of the best have coaches, and the best of the best go one more step. Yeah. Huh. That's awesome, Tim. Is there anything else before we move over to Sparky that you want to make sure? This team here's I systems. Just it's systems. all in the systems, which is in the preparation. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amy, so glad to have you with us today. Be here. Ah, so I know that you, I don't know that they all know. So I'm just going to do a little introduction of you in case there are some new people to Fairway who don't know who Sparky Amy Slotnick is. Amy Slotnick is our very first uh, $100 million producer at Fairway. She also runs a region, right, an area, and um, is an SVP. I, she's getting all Grandma Slotnick. She's getting Grandma Slotnick. That is one of her new names uh, over this last year. Yes. But she is an amazing, amazing trainer, teacher, coach, mentor, friend for Fairway. Um, and today she's going to talk 
more about things from a training perspective. Like, let's take a look at this and how you can do business differently. And I, and I know you equip your people that way as well, Amy. So talk to us a little bit about, first off, how you got started in the business, because I know that's a big part of this story, right? Sure. And then bring us to today. And so before I do that, I, I'm going to, I just want to expand on something that Tim said, because his Nordstrom target analogy, I use that all the time, Tim, except I use Nordstrom and Bloomingdale's. And here's why because they are seen on par. The people who work there, right, um, are supposed to have the same level of training and customer service, but, and they generally carry a lot of the same product. Bloomingdale's, for those of you who don't know, is always on sale. Mm -hmm. Nordstrom is very, very, very rarely on sale, right? Same product, Bloomingdale's often less expensive, much to everybody's surprise. But Nordstrom's customer service for the same product so far outweighs Bloomingdale's customer service that people I know, myself included, would rather shop at the higher price at Nordstrom because you get waited on, you're paid attention to, you can go into a dressing room and they'll bring you clothing. They care about your experience. Bloomingdale's cares about a sale, mm. a transaction. Transactional? relationship comparable right so we all complain about price and product and this one's higher or this one's lower transactional relationship so it's your job to build the relationship if you don't guess what happens you get rate shopped if you build the relationship you still get rate shopped on occasion but much less frequently mm. so you have to go into every conversation thinking about am I building a relationship or am I just looking to do a loan and if you switch your mindset to building a relationship then you get calls like I got this morning from a guy I've been doing business with for 40 years who said I don't care what your rate is I just want to make sure we work with you again little does he know what second home rates look like but that's a whole right. other topic <laughs> that's a whole other topic right so um so Carrie, my background. So um, I started in the business fresh out of college, which I usually also say was fresh out of the womb um, in 1983. Um, and I went to work at MGIC and um, learned to open mail, spell Fannie Mae, know that it wasn't a female, but actually an agency. Um, and I spent a couple of years there before I went over to what was at the time one of the largest independent correspondent lenders in Massachusetts, where I um, learned to underwrite, eventually managed an underwriting department until, um, and part, part of that job was to interpret Fannie and Freddie guidelines. Now we're talking 1988 people, 1985 rather. No, right. you know, there's no computers. There's no DULP. Big fat book from Fannie and Freddie read the guidelines, interpret them, disseminate them, and teach them to the 200 loan officers who worked at this company. When one day I had an epiphany um, where I just said, why am I teaching everybody else to do this job? I could go do it myself. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to go out into sales. So I spent the first five years in ops, and I have spent the last 35 years um, on the sales side. 
um, but always have relied on what I learned in those years of reading and interpreting and researching to propel my sales business forward. And that's kind of where my love from learning comes from, besides the fact that my mother was a teacher. And so it's sort of inbred. Well, it's a it's a legacy. It's a legacy that she left for you, right? That is true. So Tim mentioned it, Amy. He mentioned 1003 Pro and yep. he said, I'm willing to bet there's one of two things going on there, right? I mean, number right. one, you're turning in a 10 application to your team. Number two, you're building a relationship. So will you talk a little bit more about how you equip people around that and what that looks like for you, why it's so, so important. Sure. So there, somebody once said to me the difference between a loan originator and a loan officer is an originator takes loans and an officer builds relationships that result in loans. And I, I really like that. And that has sort of stuck with me. Recently, um, I spent 12 weeks hanging out with uh, Big Joel on his coaching, and there's many things that he said, but one that you have probably heard repeated on these calls is, we are not in the business of originating mortgages, we're in the business of originating relationships. And from those relationships come mortgages. So when you think about completing an application, if all you're doing is asking name, address, date of birth, right, social security number, then you are filling out a form, but you're not building a relationship. Mm -hmm. So when you think about scripting or interviewing, like I refer to the 1003 as conducting a thorough interview, right? I never ask the questions on the 1003 from the 1003. I ask them in conversation. And what I'm trying to do when someone first calls is to start to build a bond. And in those first few minutes of that 1003 conversation, I'm trying to find something that we have in common. Do we have kids the same age? Do we do the same civic things? Do we belong to the same religious synagogue? Um, do we live in the same area? Do we like the same ice cream, right? Trying to find something in common to make them feel connected to me. Right. What are your favorite things to do? And some people will say, well, that's really awkward. They don't want to talk to you about that. But you can weave it into the whole conversation. Where are you looking to live? Why are you looking to live there? Oh, I know that community. I have friends who live there. Have you ever visited such and such restaurant in that area? Right. So you can find ways to create that conversation. And then as you are talking to them, 1003 aside, you're asking where they work. You're asking about their kids. You're asking about money. And then you go to fill out the 1003 and you're like, oh, you already told me this. Hold on. I know you have two kids. They're 15 and 14. Right. And so they're actually thinking and believing she's listening to my story because the application, it tells the story of your client and of the loan that you want. Hmm. In the end, the questions that you couldn't get out of that, you're just like, wait a minute, I have a few more things. Mm -hmm. And then you can fill out the 1003. So why is it important? Well, A, you're building that relationship. You notice I'm not talking, like people who call me and just say, I just want to know what your rate is. Those aren't my clients. I try to move them from that conversation right away. And if I can't, I know they're not my client. Yep. Um, 
But what you're doing is you're building that relationship. But you're also, to the other point, is you are putting together a 1003 that's complete. Because what is our objective? Our objective is a complete 1003 and move on to the next one. Mm -hmm. It's not to be caught up in processing. It's not to be caught up in underwriting, right? Jake always says, control the start, control the finish, yep. right? You are controlling the start if, in fact, you are filling out that 1003. Now, hopefully, I just got some of you really excited about joining us in 1003 <laughs> Pro if you haven't already done that, because we have a lot of fun over the four sessions over eight hours. Um, and we do a lot of word problems. And, you know, what always amazes me too, Ray, right, when we're when we're doing the class and we throw out word problems, people actually, loan officers, don't actually know how to solve for a word problem mm -hmm. because they only know how to ask the questions on the 1003. That's our goal, right? If you walk into a real estate office tomorrow and the realist, realtor says, oh my gosh, Carrie, I'm so happy to see you. I happen to have this couple in the conference room who needs to get qualified. And you say, I can't do that. I don't have my computer. Mm -hmm. That's a problem, right? Yeah. So you need to understand what's behind the qualification process, right? So it's about, and, and I give this analogy all the time, if you sell we'll use a pen today. If you sell a pen and that's your job and you don't know whether the pen is a rollerball or, um, you know, a ink thing that you put in yeah. it or you use it in an inkwell and you don't know that you have to press the button, you don't know how to take care of it, you don't know if it's replaceable, how can you sell the pen? Mm -hmm. So how do you sell a mortgage application if you don't understand how people qualify for mortgages? Right. So that is a lot of the way we train, the way we lead in my branch. Um, my job as a leader, I'm still originating loans. Um, my LOs know if they have struggle structuring, they can't read tax returns, they don't understand guidelines, that they have people right here who can help them do that mm. and help them not just by giving them the knowledge, but showing them how to get the knowledge. Mm -hmm. Right. And understand our resources. So that was very long winded. I apologize. No apologies whatsoever. <laughs> that was a ton of great, great information, Amy. And one of the things that I'm noticing, I'm sure others are noticing the thread between all three is all three have a process and a system. Right. All three have a focus on these are the things that are done, period. It's not negotiable, right? In your branch, in your area, are there expectations around a perfect 1003? Yes. And so, how, do you, how do you measure? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So our LOs, um, we have an LOA platform so that every LO has um, an assistant. They, It's generally a shared assistant in, in this current environment. Mm -hmm. um, but there are minimum expectations as to how the loans get turned in both to the LOA and then from the LOA to the processor. And we created, um, we use file started notes in Encompass. I refer to that as the brain dump, mm -hmm. right? When somebody picks up your file, whoever the next person in line for you is, whether that's an LOA, a production partner, your processor, if they don't know what's in your head, 
they're starting from scratch and you are going to get questions that they come up with based on just what you filled in. If you tell them in file starter notes or conversation log, whatever you want to use in your branch, the story of the loan, they don't need to come back to you, right? Mm -hmm. Every loan file tells a story, but if it's in your head, it's useless to the next person who picks up your file. So we created a file started template, which asks like all of the pertinent things. Are, yeah. are they escrowing? Who's the attorney? Uh, where's the deposit actually coming from, right? So all of those things that you're having in your conversation and finding out from your client, they're all right in that file started template. So whoever mm -hmm. picks it up next knows what was in my head when I put the loan together. It's a beautiful process. And, and go ahead. if it's not there and there's not enough information in the file, then the loan gets disclosed. But instead of going to the processor, it goes to our ops manager until such time as the data shows up in the file. And Jody says it's going to sit here until. Until yeah. it shows up and then we'll move it to the processor because we're not going to bog the processors down with a file that they can't process. Right. Amy, one of one of the things while. Uh, listening to you that I'm sure many have have thought about is, hey, that all assumes you're having a very detailed interview with the I still prefer the one on one. Mm -hmm. I have seen in my branches that the loans that get stuck in underwriting or have the most conditions are the ones that are solely web based. I'm just going to tell you like it is. If you are taking web-based applications and then just pushing that through the system, you are not creating a relationship because you have not done an interview. So the web's great, right, to get the information in. But if you don't then take the time to go back and interview your client, well, you know what? I own a business 100%. I get a W-2 and a pay stub. I'm not self-employed. So guess what I checked off on my application? not self-employed. You didn't call me. You didn't ask me when I said not self-employed the details of the business. It doesn't have my name on it. Now it gets to underwriting. And guess what? Underwriting goes, they're self-employed. You need two years tax returns in this particular case because they haven't been in business for five years and Fannie and Freddie are asking for two years. You just slowed the process down completely. Right. So web's awesome, but you still have to conduct an interview for both reasons. Absolutely. Quality control and relationship building. And how long do you spend on the phone? Mm. Um, generally 30 to 45 minutes. Okay. I want to talk to them once yeah. for data, once for data, and then multiple times for touch points. Absolutely. Just considering the the difference in environment, if y'all didn't hear that, if you've been doing the whole I need to take an application in 10 minutes and move on and you're not doing enough volume right now and you're still doing applications in 10 minutes, maybe it's time to slow down and to have longer conversations today. Truth. Right? After you've listened to one another, 
anything else, Tim or Austin or Amy, that you want to make sure you leave this team with before we turn it over to Pistol to give us his biggest takeaways from today? I'll comment on that. Everybody, a comment I hear a lot is I feel like I'm on an island. So if you're the loan officer out there and you're struggling and your office is empty because everyone's working from home, all it takes is an email. Pick somebody on here. Mm-hmm. Email them and everybody here will have a conversation with you, whether you're in Ignite yet or not, mm-hmm. and pick some ideas. So you've got to have somebody that you're checking yourself with. Love that, Tim. Yeah, we all need, you know, we have accountability partners for how many prospecting calls are we making and how many apps are we taking? But what about emotional accountability partners mm-hmm. right now? Because listen, this is a struggle. I mean, you saw my my current numbers. They stink. We are in a horrible environment in the Northeast. We have, yeah, I'm not going to complain. There's no, it just is what it is. But what it's doing is it's breaking everybody's passion it's it's mm-hmm. it's getting people down and out because we're doing the work and there's no loans lots of people not lots of loans we need emotional accountability partners in this environment because we need to know that it's okay that we're not getting we're not reaping the benefits of our work today because yes. we're planting the seeds for tomorrow but you have to go back out and water those seeds each and every week you can't, you know, you don't put flowers and seeds in the garden and then walk away and hope that they'll grow. Although with the rain we've had in the Northeast, they might. <laughs> but um, if you're not out there watering and nurturing and feeding them, then they're not going to grow in the sunshine. Later, right. We're waiting for the sun to shine, but we have to keep fertilizing and watering the relationships that we have today. And don't be discouraged if they're not yielding immediate benefits because focus on the activities, not the results right now. Exactly. Absolutely. Austin, I saw you unmute. You know, I was, Tim took mine. I was just going to say the same thing. You guys are more than welcome to reach out anytime. I actually enjoy answering questions, having 10 minute phone calls, whatever. Yeah. Don't be on an island. Just like Tim said, Uh, it's a, this is a community uh, and that's my favorite part of this whole thing. Speaking of community, Pistol, before uh, I turn it over to you, want to mention, because there were a couple questions in the chat about this, we have these podcasts are hosted out on our website. They're out there for everybody to go get to at fairwayignite.com. There is a podcast page out there where you can listen back to these Thursday calls. Many, many, many have asked for Roy Burrs after yesterday's call, you know, there was a whole log of them. So go listen to these. To Amy's point, you want to have some good stuff that you're putting in your mind. There's good stuff that happens every week on Thursday in these podcasts. And it's out there for all of you there. If you are an Ignite teammate, Austin also does interviews with um, individual producers that are shorter little bursts called light it up and that's where tyler's initial interview came from i did the beardless tyler yesterday but uh, that's where tyler's interview came from and it was phenomenal um so you can find those there if you're an ignite client um don't hesitate to ask us if you need directions on that pistol bring us home buddy 
Well, you had three uh, great people here today. I mean, and, and it's it's really exciting for me and uh, to listen to this. And they've all given so much more. And I, I took a lot of notes today, as you were kidding me about, but that's all right. But uh, Austin's basic thing, he says retention is more better, more important than recruiting. He probably gets one out of 10. He builds the team. And what he's built, he's got a great team there now. And what the results are, he's got the top uh, load officers in the state of Indiana. And uh, he works with his team. He has events with them. He talks to them. And that's what makes a difference. You know, it's part of a team. Uh, Tim is a, is a guy, got a buddy of mine right away because I've been doing role playing for 65 years and everybody hates it. But it works. And your peers are your toughest critics. So if your peers can do it and you can get the scripts, that's what works. And you got to practice. And I, I'm smiling all the time, but I can't smile when I talk. But I know Charlotte Ellis does, and she's fantastic. And, and I say that role playing builds confidence in what you're doing when you're talking to clients, and they can tell if you know what you're talking about. It's as simple as that. And my buddy, Amy, she's a Gemini as am I, so it really works. And it's just building relationships. She says, you're not originating, you're originating relationships. And her points about the 1003, you're asking questions and just very casually doing it, but you're building a relationship there. And what better time to do it and guess what? It might take 30 or 40 minutes. Just get to learn these things. You got to make emotional stability. And I'll share one other thing that Amy didn't say today, but I'll never forget it. She tells the realtors that refer to her how to make their referrals to her. And how important is that? I mean, this is fantastic stuff. Now the call is down to 146, so maybe I don't have a lot to say, but 180. There's no reason, and Austin and I and Jake have talked about this, there isn't 2,500 people on these calls. It just doesn't make sense to me, but I know the recordings are there. So it was another fantastic call, and people could get takeaways. And as Tim said, the people that gave the information yesterday on the scripts, you can get a loan today by using those scripts. It's not rocket scientist. So it's a pleasure for me to give a quick wrap up on these things, but it's even more important to me what I learned personally from these calls. So thanks so much. Thank you, Pistol. We love, and there's all sorts of comments in the chat about how awesome your wrap-ups always are. They're like the cherry on top, Beth says. I love that. Agree 100%. Friends, if you missed the front side uh, of the call, know that Standing Room Only with Bill Murphy and Robin Hayes, everything you need to know about doing events from start to finish and turning those into relationships, it kicks off next week. And if you were listening to Amy and you're like, what's this 1003 Pro thing we talk about? It is a four-week class that is launching August 8th. You can register for that now. It always fills up quickly, but those are sessions that are jam-packed, hands-on learning with Amy and Coach Ray.
for four weeks starting in August. And hey, if you want to learn more about coaching, we would love to talk to you about that. No pressure, just give you all the information that you need uh, to figure out whether it's the right step for you today. Have a phenomenal week ahead. You can find everything at fairwayignite.com. We'll see you soon. Thank you.